welcome to the next episode of Drizz Done Right, a podcast all about your favorite drow, Drizz Doerden. My name is Justin, and in this episode, we'll be diving deep into chapter 19 of Homeland, titled Promises of Glory, discussing all of our favorite plot points, characters, and more. Hello there. My name's Jeffrey, of course. We're pretty big fans of the D&D 5e, so we've played more than a couple campaigns now, and as seasoned veterans of the battlefield, it is our duty to take a look at this chapter and let you know how it compares to the tabletop game that we all hold near and dear. (laughs) Following along with the show is easy. Just grab a copy of the book, read the next chapter, and tune in every week. But remember, we want to hear your thoughts too, so you can reach out to us to share your favorite parts via email at drizdunwright.com at gmail.com also don't forget the link that's in our episode description it's right there like a little handshake it's waiting to welcome you beyond the page and into the dim light squad that's our discord channel where we hold more informal interactions with our guests with our friends with the miscreants and the misfits the denizens (laughs) of the underdark this week sevic was sharing a link of some of his music gotta say definitely worth popping in and checking out because I always love to shed just a little dimness onto the people who help make up our community. And remember, when I say dimness, it, it, I mean it in the best way. Because when you go it's a this compliment. Deep, yeah, it's a compliment. <laughs> light's got a tendency to bit more of a burden under here, right? So remember, <laughs> click that link. Jump in the Discord. Come on, make some friends. Let your interactions be what we are talking about next week. Justin, how you been, my bud? Man, I've been so busy, but... Jeffrey, it's just such a delight to get on here, get talking to you about this, about this book and about our favorite parts and everything about it. So I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to go. It is really like a fun little respite in in the middle of the week. You know, you get all the chaos and all the the anxiety of adulting. And (laughs) then you get to sit there and uh, click on this thing. And then just for me, I imagine those people press and play. And it's like, you just want to saddle up for the people watching the YouTube. You just want to saddle up to the mic and be like, hello, ready? Let's go. And then, you know. (laughs) Kind of jump into it. I love, I love doing it. Part of me it's loves so always fun. being a caricature too. So it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> oh, cool. How are you? How have you been? Oh, I can't complain. You know, uh, going, going through the parts where you can't really get sleep uh, too much, too frequently. Oh, no. So well, uh, yeah, you know, get to see the sunrise come up a couple of mornings, dealing with uh, oh, sleep great. issues. But yep. other than that, not too bad. You know, yeah. if that's the worst well, thing I got to complain about in life, and uh, hey, man, I'm a fortunate bad. fella. Yeah. No, like I was telling you right before we started uh, recording, I'll be doing night shift for the first time Ooh. next week. And so that's four days on, one day off, four days on. Uh, like I was saying, the, our plant has an outage, and so it's all hands on deck. And so I'll be right there with you watching the sun come up if you're uh, still up in the in the wee morning uh, hours there. So. Well, when you check in on that Discord <laughs> channel that we got, you'll see the little green light next to my name. And that'll let me know. That'll let you know that there I am sitting there watching the screen. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, here we are. Chapter 19. Jeffrey, you think we should jump right into the drizzt? I think that, you know, like Mr. Rogers, we've walked in, we've sat down, we've taken off our jacket, we've got the bow tie and the little sweater vest pulled up tight. Now, yeah, man, let's take them out. Let's go. (laughs) Let's burn that candle and light that fuse. The Drizzt, it's the part of the show where we take a look at this week's chapter and we give you the Drizzt of it. So, chapter 19 starts off with Drizzt on patrol. He's far ahead of his patrol, uh, farther than he's supposed to be, but... Guenovar is at his side. 
So, he has absolutely nothing to worry about, right? The two of them could easily take on an entire colony of hookars as far as Drizzt is concerned. Dispatch them all. <laughs> with ease, right? He's cake. Uh, with that, with that seven hundred pound Bengal tiger. Well, not a tiger, but no, panther. No, panther yeah. <laughs> Onyx obsidian just, figurine. Just not the Bengal. Enormous. Not the Bengal. <laughs> uh, so Driz waits for his patrol to catch up, and while he waits, he starts having this conversation with Gwen, which is a fairly one-sided conversation. Naturally. <laughs> Which gives us, the reader, just another opportunity to check in on how Drizzt is managing growing up in this drow culture. Turns out, he hasn't quite, he hasn't completely assimilated just yet. Saying, I begin to wonder the worth of it all. This ten day we have defeated a dozen monsters that might have, that might have brought great harm to the city. But to what end? And, Safety. uh... I mean, basically, like, would it be better, basically saying, would it be better for them to just allow the monsters into the city and rid the drow from this world? Look, Zach Nefane, we get, oh, no, this is Drizzt, right? This it's is Drizzt, amazing it's very similar, right? That, that, it is that Zach Nefane! <laughs> and I almost put that in, in this, but just, like, how very Zach Nefane of yeah. Drizzt in this moment, like you know? Like, there Drizzt just... is pulling up with the Eiffel Tower in the background with a little espresso, sipping it up, I'm like, oh, wee oui, wee, oui, they go to, they're done now, gotta let the whole draw go. And that's a horrible <laughs> French accent for all of our French listeners, but. <laughs> Sorry, feel free to just shoot us an email. Maybe send a little voice clip so I can get better at doing the accent. Oh, that'd be great. Right? Uh, so Deenan, uh, Drizzt's older brother, sneaks in behind Drizzt, having heard at least a snippet of this conversation. Of course, Deenan starts drilling into Drizzt, scolding him for graduating from the academy and still not knowing what it means to be a drow. Dinan reminds Driz that to be a drow means that we have a lot of enemies, the worst of which are the fairies, those surface-dwelling, rotten elves that exiled the drow, and I loved this, this quote from the chapter, into the bowels of the world. Just makes it sound like you're just like, they're down in the, in the guts, in the under, in the inner workings yeah. of this... You but know, it's just remember, cool. too, like when he says that, it's always the catch-22. And the irony of it to me is that they always talk about the Underdark in, as, as in such a you know, place to that it's their haven, their sanctuary. But then when they talk about the fairies, they're like, and then they cursed us here. Like, Right. Well, right. Uh, okay. Like, it's so it's, like, that, okay, it's well, that weird reinforcement of the, you know, villain role on the fairies. It's just yeah. kind, of, kind of weird to me. Yeah, and it's like, do you actually want to be up on the surface? Right, with that horrible <laughs> ball of fire? I mean, there's room, you sure? Go, no? Okay, stay down here. Uh, so Deenan eventually goes on to inform Driz that their patrol group has been awarded the chance to venture to the surface for a raid. At yep. last, Driz will be able to finally see just how vile the surface elves are and finally feel validated when he is screaming curses in their name. That's such a, <laughs> such a neat part of, of the chapter where he's like what weirdly thinking about like, does this make me more drow to yell curses in their names? Will I get that validation? And it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's weirdly thinking about going to war, you know, for him at the raiding party, it's gotta be like war, mm -hmm. right? Right. To hope to find justification in his race and not hate yeah. them so much. Like, right. Wow, that's that's deep. 
Yeah. So we then switch scene over to Alton and Massage, where Alton catches wind of the surface raid, uh, saying that his sister once went on a surface raid and it was the most marvelous experience. And Great I, time. Like, it was my second time through this chapter. I listened to it twice this week. Um, where I just, the second time through, I just thought of his sister going through that. And I mean, it was probably a massacre. She was probably up there just casting spells and just destroying them all. And I'm just like, wow, how gruesome that must have been for her to describe it as a marvelous experience. Oh, yeah. Just They're sitting oh. back there kicking up, thinking about having a grand old time. Like, oh, those service elves had such a horrible uh. day that night. <laughs> like, oof, oof. <laughs> Massage informs Alton that he has no intention of going along with the raid. Alton questions Massage, to which Massage basically says it was the master's decision, it wasn't his decision, and he's not going to push back on it, like he's just not going. Uh, perhaps it was because drow magic seems to act differently underneath the open sky? I thought that was interesting, that they have this conception. I don't know if it's a misconception, um, or if it's just just an idea that they have. But, yeah, they think that magic might act differently, and so they're not going to chance it. Yeah, no, and I, I, I found this really cool because the trope of fireball is always that in the older versions of D&D, it would always take up more room. Hey, Chidi. And so, <laughs> Check out the YouTube, YouTube if you want to. Yep, yep. Chidi making a guest appearance. But what the uh, – oh, my goodness. Now I lost my point because of the cat. What oh, was she saying? Oh, fireball, <laughs> right? fireball, so yep, yep. They're yep. like, oh, well, you cast it in a cavern, and actually it takes up 30 cubic feet, and everyone's dead. But, it, you know, so it takes a little bit. So you walk outside and you cast Fireball. Imagine it would probably have right. nothing to bounce back or contain it. So maybe it looks right. a little bit spooky to you, right? I was thinking but that, too. What was neat was if you caught inside the chapter, Massage actually says he can't go even if he wanted to. Because right. Massage, as the faceless one, or no, sorry, other way around, Massage can't go. Because Alton, as the faceless one, argued for the fact that they they shouldn't the wizards shouldn't be allowed to go on the raids because of that fireball incident. Like, oh, and then Alton's Alton like, that. "Oh, right, I totally did." Like twenty years ago at this point, so it's like, "Oh, I didn't catch that." Yeah, because his sister was involved. Remember, or they were saying, and it's it's oh. it's so such a weird little point in there because it's like he had a point in bringing that up, saying, "Oh, by the way, we shouldn't." We shouldn't allow fireballs like that. And then 20 years right. after that fact, there's Massage like, like, why aren't you going? Uh, you know darn well why I can't go, don't you, Alton? <laughs> he's like, well, you know, I did this bring it up that fault. we should change that. And he's like, yeah, but uh, things move slowly. So, hey, here I am. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because, what, it was 20 years since the previous raid. And so it's probably not going to be another another 20 years until the next one. So at that point, Massage yeah, wouldn't even be eligible to go. What's cool is timeline-wise, right? So that, that Driz is 30 now, right? Because he went through 10 Somewhere years. Around the there, academy yeah. left around 20, so in and about. So this yeah. means that that happened as Driz was, uh, what, about halfway towards going to the academy? We never heard about it. He was busy right? learning how to be like the, the prince of House to Word and keep his eyes down. Only, True. You know, don't watch the spiders. And there was a whole like surface raid going on that they were like, oh, it was glorious, had a great time. And... Right. Timeline-wise, it's just kind of like neat that that was happening, but you never heard of it. And so it's right. it really does make you wonder, like, was it that glorious or was it just because they were involved and they had a piece of it so they get to, you know, victor and go the maybe spoils? It, maybe it was marvelous because those were the ones that made it back, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they also brought up with the fireball is they were like, well, wasn't maybe maybe that was just a wizard trying to, you know, off somebody, right. take advantage of it. Yeah. That's a very drought thing to do. 
Uh, so Alton says that it's a pity that Massage isn't going along um, because he could possibly take out two Dewardens on one patrol on the, in this one just like suddenly like in a battle just like hey there's both Dewardens I could just send a fireball down there and take them both out along with maybe a couple surface elves if I'm lucky you know yep. and, um, so yeah he could possibly take out two of them Massage holding Gwen's statue implies to Alton that he already has plans for the Dewardens. And I'm just like, oh, man. I feel it's a very Jafar kind of moment where he looks at the serpent <laughs> staff that glows and he's like... Right. <laughs> slowly petting it. All right. And then we cut back to Drizzt at Melee Magvir is what I have. Is that Correct. where they were at? Melee Magvir? Oh, no, right. Because, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they were They were planning oh, the, gathering that for raiding the raid. party. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the raiding party. I was like, no, no, I like, like two seconds ago. Well, then I I put it there, and I was just like, hold on, no, that can't be right. No, it totally was. So the raiding party is deep in the planning phase of this raid. Every day they're huddled around an oval table, scheming their trek, the, their trek through the underdark, the exact plan, the route that they're going to take, along with the attack once they reach the surface. Uh, what was a little concerning to Drizzt was the fact that Massage was not present. Of course, us as the reader know that Massage is not going, but here Drizzt is thinking, well, if Massage isn't going, dot, dot, then, dot. then right. what's happening What's happening with Guinevar, right? And um, So he, he thinks perhaps Sorcerer is covering their own plans with the wizard, just they're, they're taking care of the wizard side of the plans. But uh, Deenan eventually delivers the bad news to Drizzt. Sorcerer has decreed that no wizards may travel to the surface. Knowing that Drizzt was hoping to take Gwen along, Deenan sternly replies, the cat belongs to Massage. Yeah, I love this part because like, I just <sighs> picture Drizzt with like his, his, his like leg nervously tapping and trying to interrupt it. Right. Hey, uh, but, oh, okay. All right, so no it's, Massage, but, uh, <laughs> so, okay, but it's Massage stays It's a blanket. Back. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> See, he needs that now. <laughs> he does not need any cat, but of course, um, loves the companionship. Absolutely. Loves uh, loves hunting alongside something as nimble and quiet as he is. So, of course, that's something he's going to be missing. Uh, so, Drizzt here was facing the greatest, most dangerous challenge of his young life. I say young. 30s 30s is young jeffrey <laughs> i like i like to to think that because then i'm just past young but in the life You're of drow it is extremely young you know what i mean like oh, uh, in, oh of course in, in hey. of what matron <laughs> matron uh, malice he's what 120th her age one 125th like he's <laughs> he's basically like a tottering little uh toddler over there right they'll take so, him on easter egg hunt here we go little buddy <laughs> uh he realizes now that he's basically on his own for this uh, this challenge that's up a ahead of him here. So again, days and nights go by with the raiding party preparing. Yes, Drizzt was disappointed that Gwen uh, wouldn't be coming with him, but he's also very excited to finally be able to go to the surface and wreak havoc on those that deserve it most. Those evil surface elves. Shaking my fist in the camera for YouTube. <laughs> No, you know, it was, it was a bit of a throwaway comment I just made, like, you know, oh, take the little toddler out to the Easter egg hunt. But, you know, as we go forward in these books and, and have more and more books, I, I kind of look, one of the things I want to look out for is, do they have holiday celebrations in Menzo Barrens? And then what would that even look like? 
So obviously they're not taking them to the Easter Bunny. They're not going to sit there and bring them up. Well, of course, but eggs, right? But if they I'm had that sure. sort of, I don't know, deification uh, ceremony, right? You know, like uh, where we bring in little baskets to lull with little chocolate spiders, <laughs> and they, like, like obviously again, like not that soft and cute and cuddly, right? But, it would be neat to see what type of tradition and ceremony they have to be like, okay, little Drizzt, here's where we go buy you a little lollipop and you watch the procession of the Spider Queen. Like, you know, just right. kind of cool. Hey, if like, anyone out there knows of any drow-specific ceremonies, events, um, holidays, like, let us hear them on our Discord. Yeah, come on in. We have a cause... spoiler room. Definitely go there, and oh. that's a great place to tell us about any of the like the drow holidays, pageantry, stuff like that that would come up. Like, do a little drow gather for Christmas underneath the the web of the Spider Queen and try to wait for Spider Queen Loth to bring presents. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what what would that look like in their culture? Yeah, and just and tag me when you do it because I've been I've been avoiding the spoiler room just because I. I have not read many of these books. And so oh, I'm just boy, like reading buddy. some of it and, and I'm not making sense of a lot of it. And I'm just like, you know what? I probably shouldn't be looking at this. <laughs> Keep thine eyes pure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, wrapping that up, why don't we go ahead and crack on into the dim light reel? It's not a real word. I just slapped a few of them together and uh, hopefully just slide it past everyone. So the dim light reel is where we cast darkness on our favorite parts of the chapter and dim light all of our favorite characters, events, descriptions, and more. I feel like you guys are pros at this by the time you're coming along with us, but I love to just, <laughs> you know, give a little summary in case somebody's diving in feet first to the deep end. So for my dim light, I had to look at the blooming relationship between Gwenevar and Trist. I know, I know right? <laughs> it was a good just, one. It's such a good spot to just to look at, right? I know a lot of you out there are huge fans of Gwen. To a lot of people, she might be the most important character. Not named Drizzt in the entire realm. <laughs> and I get it. I just wanted to take a moment and snapshot this relationship in its infancy phase as they're still bonding with one another. Like everybody, mm -hmm. not everybody in our Discord, a lot of the people in our Discord, you're, you're several books ahead. You're 70 books ahead. You're 70 <laughs> read-throughs ahead. And you know where it goes. But this is where it began. And I just I, yeah. I couldn't help but just look at the the bonding phase that they go through together. So we start yeah. the chapter, and they, like you said earlier, Drizzt is he's speaking his thoughts out loud to Guinevere as if she can hear him. You know, in mm -hmm. fact, R.A. Salvatore mentions that the cat looks up as if it had understood every word. Right. And I thought that was a neat part because it's like you know he's having this moment where he's just having a uh, an internal monologue, and yep. just kind of like letting out all these things he keeps buried way yeah. deep inside. Yeah. And, and it again, looks like her intelligent eyes just lock with his. Right. Well, and and R.A. Salvatore describes them again. This is the second time he describes her eyes as white saucer eyes. I and do love just, that description though of saucer yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the big moon, you know, big moon right. eyes. Yeah. Early on, even though Guinevere has a master, it's clear that she's Driz's companion, and mm -hmm. Massage understood this. He's angry that his cat's presence is required on the point with Drizzt, but Deenan would not allow an argument, and Drizzt couldn't have been happier. You know, it's a part where, like, I guess he finally is happy to have a big brother because he's all having there, hanging out with Gwenevar, and then there's Deenan over there like, stop, I don't care, shut up, this is what's happening. I run the <laughs> patrol, cat stays up front. 
Massage. Yeah. Rub the fingering. I like that part. Bring the cat. <laughs> I loved that part. It's like, uh, the cat is mine. And she's like, but you are mine. It's yeah. like, cool. And it's, it's funny because it's it also kind of takes a look at how warriors view the magicians, right? Because he's running the party. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> the magician, the wizards. He's running right. the party. And he's all like, massage. Hey. Do that parlor trick thing where you rub the figurine. Now. Now. I need, the, like, I need the cat. Fine. <laughs> He's like, now what? I don't care. Go away. You're in my... Go. 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 <laughs> go stand back there. <laughs> so we see that they've traveled out to the limits of their patrol, further away than they should have, because Drizzt feels comfortable. He feels confident in the bonds and the skills that they both possess to complement one another if danger arose. Like you had mentioned a whole pack of hook cars. Like I don't think Trist ever thinks twice about it. What are they? Water trolls? No. Hey, let me right. set up an ambush. <laughs> Let's have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we actually saw him do that just last chapter, right? He just uh, springs. Yeah. His last chapter, the one before. But the the water trolls where he just he's laid he's, he has his back turned and then in comes Guinevar, exit stage right, and just <laughs> obliterates it. Ooh. But now we see them in the role of confidant. As Drizzt is divulging his inner monologue with no worry that his trust would be portrayed. So, you know, he had the problem early on with Kelnos where he thought he made a friend and Kelnos turned around and just stabbed him in the back, literally. But in, in, in Guinevar, he has that sanctuary, that the ability to put full trust and belief into another being. Mm-hmm. The bond between the two had grown so strong that we later see in this chapter as they're preparing for the raid to the surface, Drizzt is concerned about the location of their wizard. He doesn't care about massage or massage's well-being. He has one thought and one thought only. Can he still bring Gwen? Mm-hmm. And he goes so far as to think that maybe he could try to convince massage. And that's, that's where I picture him like raising his hand. Like, I, I will, you know what? I, I, right. Wizard's not going, but, but could I, could I ask him? <laughs> you think like maybe hurt right just i mean if that he hurt. already isn't going he doesn't have anything to do could i you don't have to go i'll, I'll ask him yeah i'll just i'll just borrow it i'll just borrow it i'll give it back when i come back <laughs> even though he knew it would be fruitless he, he he still had that part of him that had to at least try or wanted to at least right. try yeah you now just had been surrounded and raised by some truly nefarious individuals even the best influence upon him is a man who has killed countless drow in a quest to slake the unquenchable thirst for power that matron malice has that's you you forget that sack is a ruthless killer because you know mm-hmm. he's got emotions he's a conflicted man <laughs> <laughs> his whole life is spent walking through a minefield that is full of quicksand in, in the safe spaces Everyone is waiting to betray or assassinate him. And in the middle of it all, we find him at peace during his time with mm-hmm. Guinevar. It's, it's almost as if time stops when they're together and the worries of the outside world just melt away. You know, he's found his rock, his port in a storm. Like I said earlier, it's his, it's his sanctuary. You know, he's found his best mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. And I think it's excellent to revel in that journey as we go. Yeah, it is. It is very beautiful getting to see their relationship, knowing what they eventually become. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, like they clicked straight from the beginning. Yeah. From the very beginning, the first time they met. There was no it will was they, like, won't they? Are they going to become friends? Like, no, boom. No. Just locked in it was soulmates instant. from the beginning. It was love at first sight, Jeffrey. I agree. That's what it was. It's those big saucer <laughs> eyes. Yep. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So my dim light this week is... A little short, but that's because we didn't see too much of it 
But are you going to make yeah, a, so, a dwarf joke here? Is that what that is? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my dim light is Driz learning that his patrol is going to go to the surface for a raid. I cannot wait to read about this raid. Oh yeah, they're I all was, gathered like it's New Year's Eve too. Like, ooh, right? Raid. Like, <laughs> it didn't actually happen this chapter. I was really hoping that it was this chapter, um, but. Yeah, so when Driz learned about this raid, he was unsure exactly how to feel. For years, he has he has heard stories of how the surface elves forced the drow underground. The drow are now raised to despise surface elves. Even Driz has seen this type of brainwashing within the past few chapters. Within the past 10 chapters or so? Whenever he started going to Melee Magthir. Back when Master Hatchnet was doing his, his the Master of Lore thing. Yes. Um... When Drizzt was first entering Melee Magthir. Uh, the drow are so brainwashed that when anything bad happens to a drow, they curse the name of the surface elves. Every How? Did you how, stub your how? toe this morning? Stupid surface elf. Right. And just like, how can you curse someone that you have never met? Someone that you have only ever heard stories of? I mean, I assume they don't have any elf slaves. They've have they have goblins like or surface elves. No, bugbears. I don't think so. I think that they would be um, slaughtered on site. That, they're they're kill on site, right? So, um, yeah, just they've only ever heard stories of them. Like, are they actually there? It, it would be sort of like us hating dinosaurs. We never <laughs> actually we never actually saw them. We don't interact with them, right? Uh, those you know, like dinosaurs caused you know. <laughs> <laughs> the deforestation of oh man, <laughs> their heads got so, so mean, big it called in an asteroid. Goodness, <laughs> stupid dinosaurs. <laughs> so I get the sense that Drizzt partially understands this hatred through this brainwashing. Like he has heard all the stories. He's he's um, he's seen what how other people are able to hate these surface elves, but I feel like he hasn't quite fully. Like he, he partially understands it, but he he hasn't fully bought into it just yet. As if he he's he has heard and he understands all these stories, but he just doesn't quite believe them yet. Dinosaurs never existed, Jeffrey. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'm sorry, this is a different kind of podcast. Yes, they did. <laughs> but just like you know what I'm saying. Right. Um like he's never he's never met any. Like why would he why does he I don't even believe that they're, they're there? I don't know. Anyway, um, so I imagine that Driz just can't help but hope that this raid will help make sense of his entire upbringing. You know, I, I feel like there's a little bit of hope yeah. in him where he'll get up there and he'll see just how horrible they are and go about killing them all and just be like, right, now I'm a drow. Right, yeah. And it's almost you know like what I mean? this is part of that's holding out like, you know, I, I've been wrong, right? Like, this is what's wrong with me is I just don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I haven't seen it yet. And, you know, like, everybody's having such a fun time hating on these elves that, you know what, I mean? I, all right, yeah, I want to hate on some elves. Like, that. I guess that, that sounds fun, right? I mean... So there's a hesitancy that he's got, but, you know, he's kind of right. wanting to buy in a little bit because he feels so, so detached, so outcast. Yeah, so, I mean, but then, of course, like, if... Any of Driz's past experiences are an indication. I think he'll find out fast that Drow are 
you guessed it, even more evil than previously thought of. Shocker. <laughs> uh, I I know I as I as I keep saying I keep saying that you know I I've read this a few times, but I really feel like a first time reader in a lot of ways just because it's been a long time. But this raid, Jeffrey. Yeah. Oh, this raid. I remember this raid. I don't think I could forget it. So I am so excited for this raid to happen. It did leave um, quite the impression. Yeah. And so even though it didn't happen this week, it is my highlight. It is my, sorry, my dim light. Oh my goodness. Blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now you've brought this my... flavor of loath on us. Uh, Discord. Oh. Oh, we apologize. <laughs> Uh, so even though this raid has not happened yet, it is definitely my dim light this week. So love it. That's what I have. <laughs> nice, Jeffrey. Why don't you take us down into the dungeon? Take us dungeon delving. Going down into the dungeon delve—that's the part of the show where we link this chapter with our favorite tabletop role-playing game. I couldn't resist taking a moment to delve into the dungeon and take a little bit closer look at the class of wizard. Why, Jeffrey? Well, I mean, I'd like to start by saying that I enjoy fantasy, okay? I enjoy the magical and the mystique. So when you hear the term wizard, there's so many iconic names that could come to mind. Like uh, Albus Dumbledore, Gandalf, Merlin, Sauron, the White Witch, Jafar, Pug, Elminster. The list could go on and on and on. Oh, yeah. But the chances are, if you love fantasy, then there's a wizard or two along the way who might have cast a spell or two on your imagination. Jeffrey, once I get to my dungeon delve, I think I'm going to use that same paragraph, but with what I'm going to talk about. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like your dungeon delve overlaps with mine very well in that way. Anyway. Excellent. I mean, Sorry. look, the best part about <laughs> Thomas English Muffins are the nooks and crannies and how they fit together. <laughs> so the first question you might have when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons is, what is a wizard? Well, to keep it basic, the wizard is an arcane spellcaster capable of doing all manner of fantastic tricks and are really only limited by their spell book and their spell slots. A wizard with a full spell book can be as effective, if not more, than some of the other classes. Perhaps you have invisibility. It could make you as stealthy as a rogue. If you can summon a pet, you could temporarily replace a fighter. Or if you're clever, perhaps you could find a way to heal your allies and take the place of the party cleric. With over 200 spells at your disposal, the options are really there to be whatever you want. I feel like it's one of those uh, infomercials where it's like, it chops, it chices, <laughs> it does julienne fries. What, for twenty nine ninety nine? No, nay, for nineteen ninety nine. No, nay, for two easy payments of fine. <laughs> And, and if you call now, out. you can right. get two of them. <laughs> With the party pairing knife. <laughs> a wizard gets a 1d6 plus con modifier of HP per level. If you don't like rolling, then you can always take the standard of four plus your con. Con modifier. Your primary category points to build into will be intelligence and wisdom or constitution. Unfortunately, you have no armor proficiency as wizards tend to be quite prone to being stabbed. Yep, they're they're squishy. Just a little <laughs> soft on the inside. Weapon proficiency will be in daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. 
otherwise known as weapons to keep distance between the spellcaster and whoever they're trying to hit. Yup. <laughs> Interesting though that you know they, they they don't have any proficiency with a bow. That would be really cool. But when you when you're spending all your time inside studying cool magic, I guess you might not have enough time to spend outside actually honing your archer skills. So that's why they do the crossbow, but not the longbow. Right, and of course, like you could always cast a magical arrow. <laughs> right, that's another way you could be just as effective as the archer. <laughs> I like that. No matter what type of wizard you want to be, your intelligence modifier will be crucial as it is your mm -hmm. spell save DC and your spell attack modifier. A handy calculation you'll need as a wizard is that your spell save DC is 8 plus proficiency bonus plus intelligence modifier. Your spell attack modifier is your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence mod. Little nerdy, hang with me, breaking it down just a little further. When you look into a wizard, there are eight schools of magic to choose from, and how you pick will shape what you become. Eight? Holy moly. Yep, and I've got them as a list. Ready? Deep breath. <laughs> Abjuration, conjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation, illusion, necromancy, and transmutation. Hmm. A wizard will choose their subclass, or arcane tradition, at level two. It doesn't limit you because you can still get whatever spells you want, but arcane traditions are more like mm, like a special focus, which grants you new powers at levels 2, 6, 10, and 14. For a quick example, if you choose the School of Abjuration, you'll focus on projecting, or, sorry, protecting yourself and your allies by conjuring safeguards and shielding effects. Level 2, you can become an arcane wizard, or you, you get the arcane wizard. You'll summon a protective shield around yourself whenever you're casting an abjuration spell. Handy way to get around the fact that you are a squishy, non-armor proficiency-having wizard. Level 6, you can cast this ward on one of your allies instead. So now, now you can hide at range and cast it off on somebody else. Hmm. Level 14, you gain an advantage on saving throws against spells. But more importantly, you gain resistance to all spell damage. That wow. can come in handy. Yeah. These things may not deal huge damage, but maybe it helps save your party from a TPK. Uh, TPK. And that could be more valuable. Now, we've huh. mentioned this before, but when you choose a class, you may want to pay attention to the race that you choose because some races are better suited for different classes. As a wizard, maybe you want a human because they could be good at anything. You can increase two ability scores by one each, and uh, you can take a skill proficiency and feat of your choosing. Or you could be a forest gnome, because you get plus two to intelligence, which isn't all important for the wizard. But you also get a minor illusion as a cantrip instant, which allows you to pick other cantrips when building. Or maybe, you know what, you go for a half-elf, with a plus two in charisma and the plus one to two other skills, which would probably be intelligence and then constitution. Half elf wizards mm -hmm. can half elf wizards can also take two skill proficiencies of their choice. So once you've decided on your race, on your class, and your subset, and what you want to become, the world is your oyster. Maybe you want to multi-class and pick up a few different perks from another category. Maybe you want to become a war mage and combine abjuration and evocation spells to protect yourself and your allies while also causing destruction on the battlefield. The combinations are endless. They really are. I mean, how, how many schools were there? Eight. Was it six? Eight. Holy there might moly. be you know, more in add-ons and additions. I just oh from where I was pulling it, but there was eight when I looked into it. Right. In the player's handbook, there are there are eight in the in the core uh, book. But it's, um, 
I know that there's at least a couple more in in other official uh, texts. Nice. Um, one thing that would be interesting to hear what people have to say, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot because, yeah, there's eight of them and we would be sitting here a while, but what school do you guys think Massage chose? Ooh. So take a look through those those uh, wizard schools and let us know on our Discord what you guys think Massage took as his school. I'm going to have to go back through and read all those just to try to figure that out. Yeah, that, that's because uh, we haven't seen him do a ton of magic. Right. But just like personality wise, what would make sense for him or, or for the drows in general? Like, I mean, I don't want to say anything now. <laughs> we'll leave it. We'll leave that for a, a, a discussion on on the discord. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my dungeon Dell for this week. And I want to talk about the elves as a D&D race. Oh, okay, okay. I see exactly how they dovetail together. Those, right? But so, you're not just talking about elves. You're talking about those evil surface-dwelling elves. No, I'm talking about just elves in general. Oh, right, because but they're I, also I, the evil surface-dwelling ones I will get to. Dr- I will get to Drow as well. But yes, just like we're over half, of, half the way through this book. How did we not talk about elves as a race yet? Maybe we did, and maybe I just forgot. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but join but, us as we go right back down that rabbit hole. And <laughs> so elves are probably one of my favorite fantasy races yeah. to play as, because for me, they represent this perfect high fantasy race more than any other race. Again, that's my opinion. Uh, that's just how I feel. Uh, but I, I like mean, to think that there's a whole lot of D and Ders listening to the podcast who have like this dwarfin mindset where they're like, mm, "Stupid elf!" And they're gonna get that little snort and stomp going on where they're just like, "Yeah, of Which, course he likes being an elf." Well, just like I don't know, they're just like. Uh, I, I agree, I was... though. Iconic, the ears, the right, the, you know, the, the 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 nature and their their symbiotic symbiotic relationship with it. I, I love like, all of it. Absolutely, they they are by definition like fantasy and so just like for me just when you are an elf you are in this completely other magical world and it's i don't know i, I it's hard to put words to it but that that's again my opinion so quick ha- scale of ranking do <laughs> fantasy elves come above santa's elves or how how does your elf hierarchy absolutely are we, we going to go over those as well in the elf category <laughs> is that abjuration Keep- magic or illusion Keebler elves are off the list. (laughs) They make such great cookies. Uh, So, oh, oh, of course, like I wanted to say, I mean more than just D&D here. Like, um, when I play Elder Scrolls, I'm usually an elf. Dragon Age, elf. The original gauntlet on the NES, elf. (laughs) So, I mean... Every once in a while, I'll throw an occasional human, dwarf, even orc sometimes in there. Um, like playing World of Warcraft, I love starting out as a, a shoot. I forget the starting area, which probably is not great uh, evidence that I like to play as dwarves in World of Warcraft. But Dunmoreau, um, love that area. I love going back through there. So, of course, dwarves hold a special place in my heart as well. But... Um, I definitely gravitate toward elves more than any other race when playing a fantasy game, just because I'm just like human. Why would I be a human? I'm a human every day. Right. I could do that. (laughs) Well, my eyes closed literally. 
Done. Right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and dive in here. Uh, elves can be found in the player's handbook on page 20 and pa- on page 21. Blah. Uh, in fact, go ahead, pause this. If you're not driving, um, if you're driving, keep driving. You can just listen, but <laughs> picture it in your head, picture it in your head, <laughs> uh, go ahead, pause this, get that book out, get the player's handbook out. If you're at the we'll- gym listening to this, it's going to look great. Just stop. Leave the rack set, and then they just pull out the pull out the book real fast. All right. Once you're at page 21, let us know. Or go ahead and start. Okay. Are you there yet? Ready? Did you look at it? On page 21. Right there. Right here. Shoot. I didn't turn to it. I should have turned to it. Shucks. We had all that time. I know, right? What the heck? 21. Bet you an elf Jeffrey. would have found it. Do you know what's on page 21? Elves. Who does that look like? That looks like Drizzt. That is Drizzt. Oh, in the player's Drizzt. handbook. Drizzt is on in the player's handbook on page 21. And I mean, I totally forgot he was featured there. And I was surprised when I saw him. I probably knew before, but I just totally forgot. So anyway, in 5e, elves are described as slender and graceful, ranging from under five feet in height to just over six feet for the exceptionally tall. That's like as tall as me, Jeffrey. Yep. You and, would be and you too. Like you're tall elf, too. <laughs> um, they also have a timeless perspective in that they can live well over 700 years. We already know that. Yeah, um, we do. You, you know, af- after reading this and after, sorry, reading Lord of the Rings and watching Lord of the Rings, I always, with Tolkien's, um, interpretation of elves i always Mm -hmm. thought of them as eternal creatures like they never died that's what it always seemed like like oh yeah they might fall in battle and stuff they go through but the actual individuals themselves could return to valinor it's a whole but different subsect but yeah they they were essentially could be i believe eternal so maybe that was just tolkien's own interpretation here but in um in uh, D &D, in the D &D world 700 years Two OP to be eternal. Uh, So over 700 years is not uncommon. So, you know. um, But they do throw in there earlier, right? When we see Matron Bane right there, they're like, yeah, 700 years. But how old is that one? She's like at least a thousand, right? So I don't know. So the player's handbook does provide some possible elf names ranging from Bryn, Selene, Theron, Velocial and so many more. <laughs> Hello, Velocial. Uh, and then we get into their traits. So elves get plus two to their dexterity score, probably due to their slender grateful um, gratefulness. Grace- gratefulness. Grace- gracefulness is yeah. what I tried to spell out there. I like to call auto- that the yeah. anti Jeff. You know, for those who see me on the YouTube, I am neither slender nor graceful. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Nimble, maybe graceful. No. Uh, they have a base movement of 30 feet, which is pretty standard. Um, elves have dark vision, so they can see up to 60 feet away in, in the dark, that is. Uh, they have keen senses, which is an ability that gives them advantage on perception checks. Does well, anyone use this, Jeffrey? I don't remember anyone in our group actually using this skill. Your wife is, a, is an elf, right? Yeah! Sorry, she continually asks you if she'll get advantage 
for being a wood elf in the woods on check. So technically, though, she well, does get that advantage, okay. but not because of being in the forest that she grew up in. It's right. She should have been getting the keen senses advantage. Right. She thinks like, oh, well, since I'm a wood elf and I'm in the woods, yeah. like I should have an advantage. And it's like, no. But if she like turns said, out, hey, my keen sense OP than that, you have that advantage every time. Or for, yep. Perception check for every perception check, yeah, and it's just like, wow, I don't think I realized that. It's got to be one of the things also that help make them such great rangers. You know what I mean? Like your perception, oh, you're trying to find, oh, the trail, I'm sure, you're trying to look around, what's going on? Yeah, and they get the advantage yep. on all of it. Beautiful, right? Uh, Fey ancestry is another ability they have. It gives the player advantage on saving throws against being charmed or put to sleep. Um, so that's pretty interesting. They also mm-hmm. have trance. Uh, trance makes it so that you don't have to sleep. It's an elf dance. (laughs) (laughs) So instead of having to sleep, they just have to go into this trance for four hours and then they get the benefits of a long rest, which I mean, jelly, pretty cool. Totally jelly of any character I play because they've got to sleep. And then we always have to figure out how to, to have the watch. And it's always a pain in the butt because I feel like we know, like we never, it's like we probably, yep. we really sleep like 12 hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, cause everybody's <laughs> going to get there. But if you've got yep. a four hour character, oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Yep. To recover like, all of that in a four hour meditation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's really cool. So, Oh, Jeffrey, of course yes. I forgot the, the coolest thing about elves is the three sub races. There's high elf, wood elf. And of course, Drow. So well, I've got questions, but luckily you're going to explain them. Go ahead. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, well, if I don't answer, I mean, what, what's a high elf? Go ahead. Oh, okay. So <laughs> high elves. I mean, I don't have a description in my script here, but high elves. Uh, you have a keen mind and a mastery of at least the basics of magic. So they're more like magic using elves. Okay. Um. They they do have. I mean, magic using elves, they, they get an increase of their intelligence score by one. So, it, you know, they would make. But yeah, they're more academic-minded uh, elves right. instead of wood elves, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's, uh, that's a good way to put it. They do gain proficiency with long swords, short swords, short bows, and long bows. So, long and short swords, long and short bows. Um, and they also gain one cantrip, any cantrip they want from the wizard spell list. Okay. Nice. So like you were saying with the, uh, um, I think it was the gnomes. Mm-hmm. They got a cantrip from the wizard spells, like same thing here. Uh, so that would get you a little bit of a, uh, head start on your spell list. Uh, what elves, what elves just, I mean, from their name, they are woodland creatures, uh, living in the woods, they tend to be more stealthy and quick moving and everything. That's why they get uh, 35 feet as their base speed. So they actually get to increase their speed by five. Uh, they increase their wisdom score by one, which is going to help with perception, right? Wisdom, perception. Yeah. Um, and they also gain the proficiency of long and short swords, long and short bows, just like high elves. You have now, a question. Yes, I hate to put you on the spot with questions. I'm not sure if you're... No, no, no. No, it's fine. But the drow get a charisma score increase? Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, because I was <laughs> saying, I see you went past... You, yeah, you don't don't look that. at that yet. <laughs> well, no, you said that already, right? No. I'm on woodland. I'm on wood elves. <clears throat> Go on. <laughs> 
found the wrong charisma in the nobody. My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, what elves get plus one to wisdom their wisdom? School. Right, okay. Wisdom. Makes way more. Go ahead, go ahead. I was like, wait a minute. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with drama when we get there. Yep, yep, we'll get there. Um, so, what elves? They also get this ability, Mask of the Wild. Zelda? <laughs> Sorry, my wife was just hanging her head through the door saying, I'm a wood elf. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were just talking about. <laughs> we were just talking about that. Uh, so, so Mask, I, I'm recording, hon. <laughs> you should tell her to come in and, say, and introduce her wood elf real fast. <laughs> Uh, what like, else? What ladies else? What and gentlemen, else? we have a live wood elf standing off <laughs> to Justin's right. Uh, so Mask of the Wild makes it so that they can attempt to hide even when they are only lightly obscured, whether it's by foliage, uh, fog or a mist, uh, rain, snow, like, etc. Just light cover. So they're, they're quick and nimble enough that they're able to hide in oh. areas where they're not completely obscured. Is that all the time or can they do they have to cast it is it's, it a cantrip or, you know what i mean like, well that's what to i was wondering hide because they to hide is an right. action yes so it wouldn't really it's not a spell it's just they're it's something they're good at hmm. right but they can hide in places that most people can't that's what i'm saying so correct they, yeah okay it's it's not that they're so that's just an innate ability they have is to be extra Correct. great at being stealthy. Okay, cool. Correct. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, of course, there's drow, which this whole book has been about so far. So I don't really need to give a description on what a drow is. But as far as Twist. the... <laughs> um, <laughs> and Yeah, of course, like we've been talking about it throughout all of these episodes, but I'm going to highlight them anyway. So... Drow get a charisma score increase of plus one. Okay, so go ahead, ask, Jeffrey. Gotta ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drow get a charisma increase. They get a charisma increase. So, I, for me, and maybe I'm I'm way off base. I thought it was always like just understood that Drow are scorned wherever they go. Like people don't like Drow. Like they go above the surface, and people are looking. I'm like, you're gonna steal something, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Like you don't right. belong around here. They get a charisma bonus? They get a charisma bonus. And I don't have a great reason why. Because they just feel bad that you're going to have to be tested more than other people. You know what I mean? Like knowing that they're just not going to trust you. Well, the the only thing I can think of is what spellcasters use charisma? Bards. Do bards? Yeah, bards do. Are there drow bards? Well, remember we had had this discussion that uh, you 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 could be right. I think. I guess, I mean, of course, instrument. you could be anything, right? I mean, but that wouldn't be ideal. Warlocks is what I was thinking. Okay. Warlocks are are um, charisma. I'm pretty sure. But That's I mean, that, it w- it would make sense for drow to be. Um, more likely to be warlocks like they say that massage is a a wizard right yeah but i i kind of wonder if they might be more like warlocks instead um and lolth or some other patron some other demon of lolth is their patron I like that. I mean, it also makes yeah, sense too if you think about. It. They're very cunning. They're very, you know, guile. They're they're very good guile, and they're very great at deception. I guess you would really oh, would need the yeah, charisma deception. in order to like, sit there and be like, 
no. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead and attack Hausterward, and we've never met. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, like you were saying before, you think of Drow as being scorned by everyone like they're not liked by everyone but at the same time charisma can be used in things such as deception and things like that right no totally that makes a lot of sense but anyway uh charisma they get a plus one they get superior dark vision which extends their dark vision from 60 up to 120 feet in darkness which makes sense they are living underground all the time uh, this also does give them sunlight sensitivity, though. That means that they, when they make perception checks in the light, or, well, and attacks on targets that are in the light, they have disadvantage on those. Could you craft yourself sunglasses and take away that disadvantage? Ah, <laughs> uh, sunglasses. So just to, you know, for reference sake, you could make a slit inside of a material and wear that over your eyes, much like they wear if you're on a glacier or some kind of a snow hike to keep them going snow blind. And this doesn't actually make sunglasses, but it does count uh, cut down on the amount of reflective light that's beamed into right. your eyes. Just just wondering if, if you could do that. Is that a question that, for the DM? In to, to that hail? would be a question for the DM. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So it's like, man, maybe I find a, you know, cover myself in mud and I wear some sunglasses and I can just roll around. <laughs> yeah, I never considered that. But yeah, I mean, some like really thick sunglasses, really dark. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe. Like, I wear uh, my sunglasses. <laughs> uh, so drow training gives proficiency with rapiers, short swords, and hand crossbows. And I kept reading here and no scimitars. A little odd. I expected there to be scimitars. But no scimitars. And then lastly, Drow gets some spells, which we already know. We've already referred to them throughout these chapters. But Dancing Lights at level 1, Fairy Fire at level 3, and Darkness at at uh, level 5. Nice. So, I thought it was interesting that there's also a little footnote. There's a little footnote. I'm not on the page anymore. But on the page just below where it talks about the Drow... And it's basically like, hey, drow are really evil, and this is why. And they go into all these details. And it's again, you probably don't want to be a drow because they're more likely to show up as a monster in your campaign. But hey, let's not forget about how Drizdewerden broke the mold and became a good-hearted drow. And it's like, I feel like that's, that's really cool. It is. Again, like just multiple, multiple times in which Drizzt is being referred to here. Um, Really love it. And I know I've allowed two drow in my campaigns before that did not break the mold. (laughs) And and we talked about them uh, just a couple episodes ago. That was rough. But yeah, anyway. (laughs) Well, sometimes it turns out drow will eat one another just like they're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. All right, well, that's the Dungeon Delve. That's my Dungeon Delve. Oh, and, no. And I think that's going to do it for this episode, Jeffrey. Already? So, yep. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, that has kept up with us through this episode. Remember that if you like the show, give us a rating. Hey, if you're on the YouTube, leave us a comment. We don't get many comments out there. I would love to hear some more comments. And um, give us a rating. Um, I already said that because I skipped back up. We need more ratings. <laughs> And make sure to subscribe. Hey, Jeffrey. Yes. We now have over 100 subscribers on Spotify alone. Yep. 
That is so. That's it's crazy. Yeah, we, uh, we would have to find an auditorium to actually pack all of the listeners inside of at the same time. <laughs> and it wouldn't be able to be like a cheap, small public school auditorium. It'd have to be one of those nice <laughs> uh, So make sure that you guys are reading along. Or if you don't have time to read, pick up the audiobook and listen to it, listen to it during your downtime while you're driving to work, when you're out for a walk in the underdark, or strolling through the frozen wastelands of Icewind Dale. Uh, when you've read chap, when you've read the next chapter, shoot us an email at drizdunright at gmail.com or get onto that Discord and get in on the discussion. Remember uh, that um, um, link is in the description of the podcast, uh, so you can join our Discord there. We would love to see you all there. There's a lot of ways y'all can reach out to us, or you can help the show. As I mentioned earlier, you could leave the review, drop a comment, share us with your friends and family, click that like button, run around outside screaming the, the, the Drizz done right is slowly <laughs> taking over the neighborhood, one radio at a time. Or if you're slow and kind, we do have that button on the episode description. It says support this podcast. If you want to shower us with adulation and money, well, that's your right. We're not going to stop you. So whether you're clicking the Discord invitation or link to support the podcast, or maybe you click them both, and after that, we'll still be here waiting for you until the next time that you hit play. Saying goodbye is never something I like to do. You might have noticed. Rather say farewell. Play fair. Be well.